7.25 p.m. here in Seoul, South Korea. It is time to go back to the culture with Kim Young-dae joining us in the studio. Young-dae, hello, hello. Uh, speaking of translation, yes, I did two translations myself. Really? Uh, English to Korean. Two books uh, many years ago. Um, last last translation I did was uh, six, 600 pages. Of, 600 pages? Yeah, it's called American Popular Music. Uh, it's written by one of my one of my professors back in uh, back in the days of University of Washington. So, well, it was it was a really meaningful job, but uh, it, it gave all the different kinds of um, symptoms and disease <laughs> to me. So, how I you know since this is... then since the last page of translation, I I just decided to not to do this again, ever ever again. You know I. I've done translations before, and uh, it is not for me. I'm curious. I wanted to ask Anton how long it takes him to translate some of these works, but I'm sure like there's different pages. That 600-page book, how long did that take you to translate? Well, translate translating job itself, process itself, was um, was a year. Last year, well, because I well I did different things right, at the right, same right, time, right, right. writing dissertation and the research and, and translation. So uh, I didn't like solely focus on the job, Goodness. but. Um, but the whole process was three years. <laughs> I, I hope you got like whatever you get paid for translate. I hope you got like an annual salary for whatever you did because I mean I know how hard it is to translate. Uh, Watson says, "Kubuni Oshineo, 젊은 대님, young 대님." Whoa! This guy, he's he's our age. You know how I know? He just pulled off a Aja gag. Aja gag. <laughs> That's right. But you know what? Oh my God! Why? This gave me goosebumps because that's how I introduce myself to uh to americans so my name is young day kim right if, if you don't remember my name is i'm young day not old day. <laughs> young old day night but one time in the dmv this dmv guy called me hey hey it's your turn sunday <laughs> so i had a, a all different types of name crisis back back there you know, someone asked me, how do you spell SJ? <laughs> <laughs> I said it's two letters, SJ. They thought it was like some, some like international foreign name, E-S-J-A-Y or something like that. It could be Super Junior. Yeah, it could be too. That's I got that before. We're not talking about names. We're not talking about translation today. Uh, this year marks a very special year for uh, music fans here in Korea because... It marks 30 years since the debut of a big name, Sateji. Oh, I'm old. 30 years already. I just, I, I vividly remember the first first day I saw them on TV. It was Tukjong TV on, on NBC, you know, hosted by Im Baek-chan. And uh, it, was, it was one of the kind of like very similar to what we saw on, on uh, competitions like Super Superstar K. Yeah, yeah. There, there are four judges and uh, the new new stars, you know, perform, and they they got um, like comments from judges. Right. And Sateji was one of the one of the one of the performers at the time, and they got seven point nine um, points out of ten. Yeah. Okay. It was probably one of the lowest scores. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Well, that's it? Out of 10? <laughs> I thought maybe 8? Out of 10? Yeah. Wow. 7.9. That was... So that was the first time you've seen Sateji? Yeah. And what were your thoughts on that? It was... His performance. Mind-blowing. I, I think everybody uh, felt the same thing because next day at the school, literally everybody 
talking about strategy and the performance and how stupid or how dumb the judges are and how they're not really relevant you know even though they are kind of professionals yeah so that's what i was kind of maybe thinking is uh for the judges because sateji brought forth a very completely new genre of music uh, for Korea. Not maybe not just uh, you know not in world music overall, but just in Korea. So maybe the judges just didn't understand uh, what music it was. But when you're seeing like all the kids, were, you know how I knew Sateji was big. I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you. I can't say I was a big fan of Sateji. Like you said, you you didn't really know about them i mean no no i knew about them uh but i learned for the first time a couple months ago when you told me sateji was actually part of the uh the band before he debuted as a shinawi. yeah shinawi right uh that's the first time i ever i found out through you but sateji wa either um obviously they were talked about even in new york remember i grew up in new york as a kid mm-hmm. uh, i went to from first grade to all the way to when i was an adult but i knew sateji was big mm-hmm. because at that time in the early 90s, even though there was like Korean community here and there, uh, uh, I'm talking about the Korean immigrant community, mm-hmm. they'll talk about Sateji, right? Because that's the music that they're used to listening to and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Korean American kids in the early 90s, they did not listen to Korean music. Okay, we were listening yeah. to, man, Notorious B.I.G., Tupac. Dr. Dre, uh, Dr. Dre, OMG, Snoop, or or uh, what was it? Uh, well, it, New York and uh, um, Beastie Boys. We listen listen to <laughs> right. no heavy, da- heavy D, heavy D, <laughs> Salt he- and Pepper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, those were the music, but we never got into Korean music because we're like, you know, we didn't identify ourselves as Korean American. They didn't even have a proper record store. No, we didn't. We at the time we didn't. I mean, obviously, it came out later on. But I knew Sateji was huge. Because the Korean American kids in my elementary school, they were talking about Sateji. So that was definitely a game changer. Yeah, it really was. And I said, well, the first like a kind of recognizable like K-pop star among yeah, yeah, yeah. who I'm at the for, time. Yo, for sure. Because you know later on, yeah, you know the Korean American kids. I think Sateji. The reason why Sateji was so big to the Korean American community there is because. The Korean American kids would not have bought CDs and listened to groups like HOT, mm. Chesky's Baby Vox for Me, uh, Pinker SCS. You know, like the the 1.5 generation of the, the the idol groups out there. If it wasn't for Sateji, I think him, his music, and that we could actually wow, Korean music is amazing. Mm. Let's go buy cassette tapes of some of these artists and it check it sense. out. Yeah, he revolutionized the music listening of Korean Americans and that's why I really respect him. Yeah, that totally makes sense because I mean we felt the same thing. Yeah. I mean, we Korean youth in Korea felt the same thing for, for many different reasons, but we just kind of knew it. We we just knew that this was a game changer. Yeah. And this is totally different from the well musically well, it could combine all the existing stuffs and you know musical elements you know, from everywhere. But as I said, I mean, the whole package, this Hateji and the boys, and the, then the performance and the song, iconic song, Nanarayo, we knew it was, it was so different. So one, I think one of the biggest um, accomplishment yeah. of Hateji Wider, as, as a group, not just Hateji as a musician, was that they just turned this whole industry upside down. Yeah. I mean, they just, Change the whole like a perspective 
uh, among the people, among the Korean youth, about Korean music. Yeah. Because before Satteju Idol, before 1990s, before um, their iconic song Nanarayo, when we, when Korean youth talk about music, and we, when we say music fan, we talk about music fan of American popular music or British popular right, music. Right, right. So, Kayo or, or Korean music was not really accepted as a legit type of youth culture. No. Yeah, it, it was Yuhenga. It was, it was kind of popular song. Popular song, but uh, without any like substantial. Um, well, it, maybe it's not fair judgment, but uh, for us, it was not a cool stuff. Mm. It was not a something that you know we would listen to seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of parents' generation's music, like trot, folk music, even rock music at the time. If you were like hardcore, you have to definitely listen to American or British rock, right, 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 or American British pop. Then Satyajit came along. Satyajit Wider just changed the industry. All of a sudden, Kayo, Korean music became a cool thing. It's new stuff. And uh, something that would separate us from the older generation. So now we started to have a Kayo listener as a serious kind of power. Right, right. Serious force to change the industry. No, it really, I think his music, uh, not just only his music, but also his performance sounds out there, that was the true definition of revolutionizing music. That Um, that was K-pop. Yeah, and and what's interesting here, again, for me, I have to continue to go back to what it was like in the U.S., right? Because I spent my entire childhood there. Even... I would have to say the reason why also it brought more Korean Americans to listen to Sateji at the time mm. it was not necessarily only because, number one, the music was good. Mm. Number two, um, it was popular in Korea and everyone's talking about it. Let me listen to it. What happened was, is what happens when you have like a cassette? Okay, this so this was during the cassette tape days, right? Boombox. Yeah, even boombox. So you're listening to music and... Everyone around you, all your classmates, although I had like maybe like two, three other, you know, Korean American uh, mm-hmm. classmates because I'm from New York, everyone else are non Koreans, right? So, what are yeah. they going to ask you? They're going to go, hey, what are you listening to? Let me take a listen to that. And so they listen to it and they go, what is this? <laughs> not, not, what is this as in like, what kind of bad music are you listening to? They're like, oh my goodness, what, what, what is this? Like, I don't understand what they're saying. Yeah, I, I hear weird, you but... must come back home. I understand that part. <laughs> I, I understand you must come back home. Come but back home. <laughs> yeah, after that, they don't understand it. But they said, wow, this is really good. And so Korean American students at the time, we were not ashamed and we, mm. were hide- we were not hiding the fact that we were listening to Sateji. Because I will tell you honestly right now, when I was in high school, uh, middle school and high school, and I was listening to Baby Vox through CDs, and uh, my <laughs> and my friends were asking me what you're listening to. I said Eminem <laughs> because I did not want to reveal the fact that I was listening to girl groups and Baby Vox. It was not music that they were going to respect at the time. And wow. so that was Hateji to yeah. the Korean American community. The kids there, adults, they're not big fan of Hateji. Wow. Hateji, they they did not like them. Why? Well, I I haven't thought about Hateji. As that kind of like a culturally significant being 
among Korean Americans. Well, that's why they call him Buna Detongyong, right? Culture yeah. president, but also Korean Americans. Yeah, but I thought it it was mostly about the kind of domestic thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Wow. Uh, which is why when you brought this, this was your idea to bring this mm-hmm. idea. Um, again, I started off the segment saying that I was not, again, I can't say I was a big fan of Sateji. Mm-hmm. But I respected what he did for K-pop music, Korean music, before all the names that we talk about right now. Yeah. Uh, which is why up until now, we still talk about Sateji. Although, the one questionable thing for me was when he came out with Ultraman. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he went rock. Uh, yeah. And then he had the red dreads. Um, to me, it was shocking in a completely different way because it wasn't the Sateji that I remember. Uh, what was it like in Korea when he came out with, uh, I guess, the, the heavy metal kind of Sateji version? Well, at the time, well, it all started with the, his second album, the Sateji Wai, the second album. Yeah. And Hayoga just totally blew everyone away in a good way, in a bad way. You know, it was a shocker because it all of a sudden, you know, had an uh, appeal as a rock music, not not the dance music or hip hop or new jack swing that they're used to. So it was really controversial at the time. And the third album, they even, you know, gone further by incorporating like like really hardcore heavy metal, like punk music with a really controversial like scandal about the the Pika Mojala, the Kyushili Idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the backward masking thing. And it was was stupid. But back then we, we didn't have a um you know the proper tool to investigate so everyone's talking about it and everyone started to believe <laughs> it <laughs> the devil talks to you if you play backwards yeah backward masking yeah well anyway but at some point everyone started to believe that those decisions uh that Satoshi made were just you know made some senses because he's from uh he's from rock scene yeah yeah and he always wanted to go back to his root even though he's kind of cultivating new style and incorporating new genres from all the youth culture that is, that was existed at the time. So at the time, it was more about experimenting different style. It was not really about a rock versus dance music or rock versus hip hop. But a, that will, at the time, the youth culture was about incorporating as many influences as possible from, from US, from UK, from all, on, all over the world. I feel like when he kind of returned uh, with the, the rock scene once again with Ultraman, uh, by the way, I actually have his CD. I bought his CD. You know, there was other songs. Orange, I think, was the other song that was yeah, really good. Yeah, Orange. Yeah, um, but I think the biggest, the, the bigger news was the fact that he's he was back. Yeah. I don't think people really cared whether or not he was doing rock or he was doing whatever music, genre of music. The fact that Sateji came back, and I say this because I didn't feel it. I mean, I've seen like what it was like when certain groups like, you know, Chesky's when they decided mm-hmm. they're going to mm-hmm. separate all the crazy things that happened. Our writer told me before the show that she cried <laughs> when Sateji did they disbanded. Yeah. How? Because I didn't. Those are some of the things that I never experienced. Because internet, yeah, they had internet back then, quote unquote. But like, you know, we didn't get news like this. What was it like when Sotejuai they decided first in 1996, I believe, uh, they decided to disband. What was like the scene like here in Korea? Yeah, it was one of those like shocking moments in the, in the not just in the history of music, but in the history of Korea, because that was probably only moment that everyone just um, talking about them. You know, the, before Sateji Wider, well, people 
talk about this star and that star and uh, you know you know scandal and everything. But well, disbanding this band of certain band was accepted kind of like a sort of like national tragedy, <laughs> you know, among youth. Yeah, that was yeah. the first time actually we we felt that kind of of sadness for some. The shocker. That's right, because this some. was this was like the first big disband, right? Yeah, because really like Test Kiss and like really HOT, that was deal. later on. Yeah, later on. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Wide unbelievably you know, just enjoyed a short uh, span of time uh, of their career. Right now, if you look back at their career, it was just four albums, right? Now, any idol would, would enjoy like a 10 years or 11 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Wide, for a lot of reasons, I mean, there's they just disbanded after four years of unbelievable run. And uh, so it was definitely a uh, just impossible to believe, impossible to uh, absorb. Uh, Watson chimed in. Uh, he said that uh, Sotejo and the boys, they were probably the first and only group where the 9 o'clock news <laughs> had the press conference yeah. of them disbanding, and that's how yeah. big it was. Because when groups disband, a nine o'clock news, which is considered like the main news, right? They're not going to be <laughs> going on and doing a press conference there yeah. uh, on the disbanding because these are the stuff that I didn't see growing up. Mm-hmm. We just had the cassette tape. We know who Satejuai there is, and the crazy thing was again our source of getting any kind of music. Uh, Nineteen ninety six, even nineteen ninety eight. We couldn't get MP3 players. We didn't have proper internet. And so what I used to do was every week, I used to go to a place called Taegwang Video. Yeah. <laughs> it no longer exists. It's a, it's a Korean video store. Yeah. And uh, they basically, they, get, they record the Korean shows like dramas, movies, and so forth. And then music camp. And that, then, that happened uh, back then. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, playing it, we have absolutely no idea who's going to be coming out. Right. And I remember when Sateji came in, and I was watching every Saturdays. It was me, this older brother that I, uh, older friend that I knew, and then these like two nunas, right? We don't know who's gonna come out because we don't know previously the lineup <laughs> of like the music yeah. camp and whatnot. And then comeback, it was like, and then you have the you know the sign comeback special, and I'm like, who's coming back? Sateji, but it's not Sotejiwa either. Comes back, and those two nunas, they started crying. Mm. And that's when I really realized, oh my goodness, he had such a huge impact on everybody. <laughs> like it was unbelievable. Such a rare thing. I mean, in the history of Korean music, I mean, before BTS, I think they were the only band that made a, such a such a cultural impact. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we we talk about a lot about you know the musicians and their success, money, but never. Uh, we never talked about certain musicians as a kind of cultural icon, and uh, every step of their way, you know, became a subject of news. Yeah. Nine o'clock news, seven o'clock news, and the Kugoshi Arigo Shipta, and uh, <laughs> a lot of documentaries. And uh, they just constantly talk about the lyrics and the sound and the divorce later. I mean. Yeah, no, but then the thing is, you talk about culture, right? Yeah. And there's much more than I think them at changing the way that we listen to music. Also, another aspect, and do correct me if I'm wrong, and because I wasn't living in Korea at the time, I, I look at pictures of uh, how Korean fashion was like in the 90s, 
everyone's dressing up like they're s a t e j i Exactly. Baggy pants, yeah. baggy jeans, and then if, they if it was baggy pants, everyone's wearing baggy pants. If it, if it, it was a hat with a with a tag, price tag. Yeah, yeah. They would wear uh, wear that. That's as well. what I realized. I feel like not. I mean, he's inspired so many people. He had so many fans that people were trying to. And and this is not for our listeners out there. This was not just guys. There were girls. Dressing up yeah. like Sateji, yeah, and he's kind of changed like the fashion in uh, in Korea during the '90s. Shortcut hair, yeah. <laughs> well, because you know, Sateji's hip, yeah. hair was kind of hip, long, hip-hop, baggy pants, everything. I mean, when we talk about Beatles, we talk about Beatles as a cultural icon because yeah. Be- Beatles is not about music, but the the, the career itself and how they you know stop recording, uh, no, no, stop performing at the stage and going back to the studio and how they managed to come back and they're doing the rooftop uh, rooftop yeah, yeah. performance yeah. and the disbanded and all, everything everything about them is a, is a history, some sort of history in in pop music and the mop you know mop top, their the hair, their 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 um. Kind of attitude and everything, um, drugs later, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the uh, the hippie hippie culture. But Sateji Idol was that group, and Sateji was that icon in the music in the history of music in Korea. I, again, uh, we talk about BTS quite a bit, um, and just kind of talking about Sateji today really brought back kind of something that I forgot because I kept on going. Man, you know, Young Day, I still can't believe that uh, over different parts of the world, uh, you know, people are listening to BTS and they're going crazy for BTS. But before BTS, and not to take anything away from BTS, uh, and there was a point when I grew up, uh, there were American people yeah. who didn't necessarily, they wouldn't buy like Sotteji's, mm-hmm. you know, cassette tapes and things mm-hmm. like that. But they heard the music and they said, this is good music. Yeah. This is good performance. Well, totally different Culture and different yeah. environment, yeah. different like a hierarchy of culture and industry. Right now, I mean, K-pop is everywhere, and everyone accepted K-pop as yeah. their own thing uh, among youth in, in Asia, in America. But, but back then, it was 1990, early 1990s. Yeah. Yeah. South Korea ha- has a minimal presence in, globally, and nobody would recognize Korean music at all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, at all. I mean, uh, nobody knew actually K-pop w- was existed. Or Korean cult, pop culture was existed at the time. So, you know, it there were the BTS uh, at the you know non globalization era. Yeah. Uh, uh, in in Korea, I completely agree with you. Which is why <laughs> I mean, we took an entire uh, segment about this uh, special on Satejin and his recognition for this. Uh, unfortunately, as we always do, we have run out of time. But Youngde, thank you very much uh, for sharing with us because this is some of the things that I never really experienced. being away from Korea at the time. Thank you. Have a nice rest of the week and we'll see you again next week. See you next week. You can listen to Korea Now with me, SJ Lee, by downloading the Arirang Radio application or tune in online by visiting www.arirangradio.com. So make sure you tune in Mondays through Fridays, 6pm to 8pm Korea time.